Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show. You know, I'm very excited about my guest today. Speaking of being excited, I have with us one of the original members of The Exciters. Lillian, say hello to everyone. Hi, everybody. I'm Lillian Walker-Morris, an original founding member of the group The Exciters of Telhim fame. So, you are amazing. You are honoring me today like I can't even tell you, girlfriend. It's a pleasure, Jerry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I have amazing uh, songs of yours in queue. But before we get to all that, what would you like to tell, what would you like to start with, with telling everyone about your life? Um, well, I guess I'd like to let everybody know that uh, you can be whatever you want to be if you really are passionate about it and you try to do it because uh, I wanted to sing since I was about three years old. And when I was in my teens, I saw some shows and I, I met some, some ladies who had singing groups and I, I said to myself, I'm going to get myself a singing <laughs> So my friend and I, uh, we, we met Brenda Reed of the Exciters, the, the, the lead singer on Tell Him. And we got together and we started rehearsing and I got my dream. <laughs> well, how old were you when you got your dream? Well, I say we, we were, I was the oldest, although I look like the youngest. <laughs> I look like <laughs> a baby. But I'd say I was about... Uh, maybe 17 because uh before the excited we were we were a group uh called the masterettes okay it was a there was a there was a uh a, a local of a, a male group of local fame uh called the masters and they met us and they they you know they helped us with our singing our rehearsals and they became our musical directors um and we became the masterettes and then uh we left, we had a member who left, and then we got another member, and the other member left, and it, and um, Herbie, who's who's in the, uh, the one of the exciters, he was a member of the Masters. He became he was became our musical director. But when one our last uh, girl left, he replaced her, and we became the exciters. So okay, so. Brenda Reed, tell us about her. Oh, uh, Brenda Reed, we're still friends after all these years, but uh, I, I, have, I always make people laugh. The first day of high school, we, I met Brenda, and uh, her mom, her mom actually introduced us. We, we were in the same homeroom class in high school, and we both were lost. We were like little girls uh, going to high school, nervous, and so we got to. We, we we got to the to the homeroom, and when we we I sat in front of her. They had row seats in those days, so I sat in front of her. So she tapped me on the on the shoulder, and she and she said, I don't know. I think it was something like about hair. She said, I like your hairstyle. We had the same hairstyle. <laughs> Both of us thought that we invented it. It was different from everybody else, and I thought I invented it, and she thought she invented it. <laughs> so she so we, she said, I like your hair. And then I said, and I, then she said, I like your clothes. And I said, oh, yeah, 
Oh, thank you. I like your clothes, too. Then she says, uh, what What do you do after school? Something like that. I'm not, I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. And I said, oh, I love American Bandstand. So she said, oh, wow. I said, oh, wow, I love American Bandstand, too. And as it went on, we both found out that we had so much in common, you know. And eventually, we got to the subject of singing. And she said, you know what I like to do? I love to sing. I go down in my basement with a big mirror, and I take my hairbrush and make believe it's a microphone, and I practice singing. <laughs> so I said, oh, my goodness, I do the same thing. I'm in my room. I have this big mirror in my room, and I get my hairbrush, and I practice <laughs> So, you know... After that, I started visiting her. I go to her house. She had a piano in her house. Um, we used to rehearse. We we used to rehearse, rehearse singing the records. Uh, and eventually, uh, we met the masters, and they came and they said, uh, "You guys sound good. You have good potential, but you need a lot of work." You know, so they worked with us, and eventually, we got to do shows. <laughs> Amazing. And we started doing shows, and then we got we got we were we were discovered by uh, by a producer, and the rest is history. <laughs> so okay, but the rest is history for you, our your fans, and I would love to know about that history. So this is what we'll do. I'm going to play a song, and then you're going to tell us about the song, and then we'll talk more about the history. I'm actually going to play two of my all-time favorite songs and thereby you um you guys and one of them is tell them so we're gonna play that one first here we go
somebody pinch me, please, okay? Are you kidding me? One of my favorite songs of all time, girlfriend. Tell us about it. Oh, tell him. Well, that was our very first recording with um, on the United Artists label. We weren't really signed with the United Artists. We were signed. We were signed with Libra and Stola, two famous producers back in the '60s, and they uh, they signed us to uh, United Artists to distribute distribute our record but tell him was our first big hit we are so shocked Brenda and I both we're the only ones left Um, the others have passed away we are still in awe to this very day that the the popularity of that song has lasted so long Um, it was it was written by a man by the name of Burt Burns he also went went under the name of Burt Russell, so if you ever see his name on any records, they're both the same person, Burt Burns and Burt Russell. Um, Burt's father was a, a famous uh, news news reporter, I think, okay. a writer, something like that, yeah. But he was very talented, so he worked with us, and uh, we recorded Tell Him. No, We had no idea what a smash hit it was going to be. I mean, we were hoping for a hit record, of course, but we had no idea that it would re- reach fame. So that by the time we became famous, it sounds silly now, but it, by the time we became famous, we didn't even realize we were famous. That's so cute. We were like, we were like little kids, you know, little teenagers, uh, you know, regular teenagers. Sing <laughs> the records and going to parties and doing whatever teenagers did, you know, and everybody... You know, everybody was, oh, you recorded it. You're you're the excited. You recorded Tell Him. <laughs> and it was it was like really crazy, but it was wonderful. It was, uh, it was a wonderful experience. It really was. Well, my daughter's 41, and I, when you reached out to me, I'll never forget this. I... Listen, I was on Cloud9. I said, Is, did she really just reach out to me? And you said, Jean Zanopoli... Uh, let's give him a shout out. Told you to get in touch with me, right? Oh, definitely. And I, I yeah, I gotta say hi, Jean, if you're listening. Yep. Thanks a lot for hooking me up with Jerry. Hi, Jean. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So my daughter's 41, and I, I called her up, and I was like, Tiffany, guess who reached out to me? Do you, do you know a song? And I started singing. She goes, Mom, of course I know the song. Everyone knows the song. It was amazing. So um, that song to this day is still one of my favorite all-time songs. So thank you for that, sweetheart. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's, it's just so amazing, you know. Even my, even my, my, I have a daughter and a, and, and a granddaughter. They love the song. Their friends love the song. <laughs> sure. We were like, you know, like some of the kids, they're like, oh, that old-timey uh-uh. <laughs> you know. But when they hear our song, they like it. Yes. My daughter. My daughter's around your daughter's age now, but my grandkids, you know, they were like, oh, we can't believe it. Grandma used to be famous. <laughs> and then her dear mom says, well, she, sometimes she's still famous. I was like, yeah, that's true. Sometimes I am. Uh, but sometimes I forget that I'm famous, you know, because we're not like, uh, when you, you know, like like the young kids, we're not young, we're not as young as they are anymore, you know, but many times, uh, we go places, and I'm I'm surprised because they're still raving over my song. That's right. Like, oh, you were the excited, you know. Yeah. And even some of the famous young people 
people still admire us. Well, because the young people, let me share. I'm going to interrupt you for a second before I forget to say this. I've interviewed a lot of upcoming incredible young superstar singers, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They all love the oldies. They said without the oldies, they wouldn't be here singing. But what I like is that they're starting to, a lot of the, a lot of the songs nowadays, they've been updated, but they have that oldies and do what yep. flavor. That's right. And that makes me feel so good. That's you right. Know, that that's the effect that our music had on them. That's right. You know? Yeah. That's right, Lillian. Wow. You're 1,000. So you tell your grandkids that you still <laughs> are famous, sweet pea. <laughs> <laughs> so now... I'm going to play one of my second famous song, favorite songs of all time that the entire world also knew. A little bit of soap. Here we go, and then we'll talk about it. Girlfriend, tell us about that song. Oh, a little bit of soap. Uh, it was a cover. We covered it. Uh, yep. The original was done by the the Jarmels, a group called the Jarmels, back in uh, I think they they did it in the fifties, and we did it in the sixties. It was one of my favorite songs, so I was kind of pleased when they asked us to cover it. You know, I was just hoping that the Jarmels, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be offended, but um. They, you know, most groups when you cover their song, uh, they they take it as a as an honor, you know, yeah. that 
it was a, a really good song, and you know, and you covered it, you know. So I still love their version, but of course, I love our version as well, you know. Right. Well, but yeah, it was, and it was very popular. It was, it was very popular back in the fifties. Uh, I think right. it was the late fifties. Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember your version because I was born in '61, and I always say I was born too late. I would be wearing a poodle skirt with a black leather jacket, a ponytail, and blue suede shoes, baby. <laughs> so I remember your version, and I grew up with your version and loved it forever. Okay, oh, forever. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. Forever. Um, so, all right, so tell us now a little bit. Tell me a little bit about, before we play the other couple of songs, tell us a little bit about now your journey. So... You started out as the Masterettes, they, then you went to the Exciters, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Then after that, tell us a little bit what happened. Well, um, I mean, I, I don't. I'm writing a book, so okay. It, so I don't mind. I don't mind uh, saying it in public because you'll read it all in a book. If yeah. When and if it comes out, but um, at some point, I would say uh, early, early, yeah, early seventies. Um, I started developing depression, really, real serious depression. That's why I feel for some of these entertainers nowadays, oh. you know. Um, and it, it, it's hard to explain, but like I said, I always wanted to be a singer since I was since I was three years old. But in early seventies, I started becoming my singing started becoming very robotic. I felt like you know, like a little doll, like in the olden days, you with the key in the back and you you wind it up oh. and just sit sit her sit her out there and then she does her thing but it wasn't it wasn't like really soulful like you know like I had been you know and I, I didn't realize that I had depression to until later on but to make a long story short I gave up my I gave up my dream of being wanting to be a famous singer professional um so you know I must have been crazy right. at the time. I, I'm serious. I became depressed with this this feeling that you know, oh nobody cared about me, and uh, except that because I was a singer, and uh, I also used to tell myself I want to be an everyday person. I used to call them. That's what I used to call them. I want to be an everyday person that people doesn't make don't make a fuss over. I'm just a regular person, and nobody knows me. It was it was crazy. So I quit the group, and um, for a while I was working as a postal clerk. And uh, I want, you know, I started talking to a couple of people, and they said, uh, you know, why don't you, you know, why don't you go to college? Because I was kind of, I was pretty bright when I was in the in high school, but all I had my mind on was music, so I didn't really do it as well as I should have. But I was beginning to grow up, so I decided I go to high school. Uh, to college, so I went to college and I studied um, uh, to become a social worker. So I ha I got my BSW. Then I was so I, then I had oh I forgot that I had a baby. I'm sorry, I had a daughter, and I stayed home for a couple of years to take care of my daughter, and 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 I studied, and then I went back. I, I, I earned my master's degree in counseling. Oh, but it was it was. Was I still? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I was in. A, I was in a counseling program when suddenly the music, the music bug started biting me again. Um, 
I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, uh, they don't. It, it's gone now. But they had a they had a restaurant in Manhattan called the Mickey Mantle's Rex, Restaurant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they had this big party from all with um old older artists from from on the United Artists label called the Legends of Rock and Roll, and they invited us to come to the party. I'm telling you, I had not sang a note in years. I couldn't even I couldn't even sing like I used to then because I was all I ever did was study. My daughter thought I was born sitting on a couch, oh. watching, either watching TV or studying <laughs> <laughs> or studying my books or working as a counselor. You know, so my daughter my daughter didn't even know I was famous. <laughs> so to make a long story short, um. Uh, we went to the party. We went to the party, and it was so strange. I, it was like an out of body experience, Jerry. I, I, they treated us like royal from royalty from the time we got there. They picked us up at our home in a limousine and and took us to the to the restaurant. And people are flashing all over. News reporters are asking us for interviews and everything. And it was like. A life that I didn't know. You you know, it's it's strange to you would have to experience to understand. It was like a, 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 an out, just like I said, an out of body experience. But it stayed in my mind, and I'm like, something way in the back of my head is said, said kept saying, "This used to be you. This used to be your life." Yeah. You know, but it, it felt so strange. But I liked it. <laughs> but wait, who? When you say we, who were who were we? Who was the group? Who were with oh, you? Oh, when I said we, oh, um, Herbie, Her, yeah, Herbie had passed away, but Carol was still alive. Okay. So Brenda, it was Brenda, myself, and Carol, the original, gotcha. the original excited that recorded. Talent. Gotcha. It, it was us. We went to we went to the party. You gotcha. know, everything was all arranged for us, and <clears throat> or, you know, by I don't know by United Arts or whoever. It's it's long ago, so I don't have. I don't no, right. That's okay. But, um, after that party, um, I got all excited. And I was like, oh, maybe I want to go back to show business. But as time went by, you know, I didn't do any act on my feelings, you know. So I forgot all about it, and I went back to being, uh, you know, Mrs. Moss, the counselor. <laughs> so oh. I forgot all about it. But then I can't remember. Something else happened. Oh, I know. Um, oh, what? Wait. Oh, yeah. So I think... I think I somehow or another I started singing gospel. Oh, yeah, a friend of mine invited me to join this gospel choir. So I was singing with this gospel choir for for a while. And, um, uh, oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I was singing with this gospel choir. So I was rehearsing some songs. I was working in an evening program. I was the director of this evening program in a school. Okay. One of my one of my friends heard me sing. I was practicing songs. It was a, in an office. The office was very quiet. Nobody was there, and so I, I, you know, I started practicing my song. So my friend came up and she said, "Oh, I didn't know you could sing." And I said, "Oh yeah," uh, you know, and I didn't tell her any details. So she said, "Well, that sounds really good." So I said, "Well, okay, I'll tell you the truth. I ne- I never tell anybody, but I used to be a professional." Singer. Wow. So she said, really? So she said, you still sing? I said, no, I don't sing anymore. I said, I just sing, you know, gospels, but, you know, and, and I sing in a choir, but I, I don't I don't sing professional on the stage anymore. But she asked me if I would do, if I would come to her church and sing a song, you know. 
So I, I don't want to pull. I, I would have pulled you up, at a, but so well, from there we went. I went to. Uh, I started singing for for her church periodically when they would have a charity event. I would okay. sing for her, her church. And then to make a long story short, what happened? Oh, John John Clemente yeah. who wrote the book. Who wrote the book? Um, uh, girl groups, fabulous females who rock the world. He asked. Uh, he called. He con- contacted me and Brenda and Carol and asked us if we would do an interview. He was writing the book. He said he he was he, he was a historian. He could write the book. Well, you know, just without us, because he knew a lot of our information. But he wanted to know if we would give him a personal interview so he could quote us. So to make a long story short, we met with him and uh, and and we did the interview. But after the interview, he he was showing us his his collection of records that he had of our our original records and different things. So I just happened to make an offhand statement. I said, uh. Isn't it a pity that they don't have the shows anymore and our songs, our music has died out and everything is dead? I, I said, oh, it used to be so much fun and so and so wonderful. So he looked at me with, <laughs> with this quizzical look and he says, he says, they still have shows? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said, they do. I said, well, you know, I'm, I, I said, I'm a counselor in a I'm a counselor in a school. I, I don't know anything about, you know, about the music business anymore. I've been so far away, and I only I only contact Brenda periodically because we had we were still friends. But I would see her like when we go to weddings and funerals and different things like that, you know, because it was it was um like at the time we I had gotten married and we went in different directions, you know. Okay. We still loved each other, but we went in different directions. Right. Right. So, so he said, "Yeah, sure, of course they have shows all the time." So they were giving us a, 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 a all female show at the Beacon Theater called the Heroines of Rock and Roll. Wow. I don't remember the other people on the show, but I just remember the Chantels were on the show. Oh wow! Ruth, yeah, Ruth McFadden was the was the um was the, the the headliner. So he said, "Well, they're giving a show at the Beacon Theater. Why don't you go to the show?" <laughs> So I said, oh, my goodness, of course, I would love to. So he said, okay. He told, gave me all the information. He said, okay, I'll meet you there at the show, and I'll introduce you to all the old friends and everything. So I said, fine. So I met him at the show. I took my little I took my little granddaughter, who's, a, who's almost 30 now. <laughs> she was five years old at the time. Oh, it blew her mind. <laughs> wow. And she said, and she said she kept saying, Grandma, that used to be you. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so funny. But anyway, she, oh, it really blew her mind. And John, so John interview, introduced me to some of the, the, the friends who were, who were, the entertainers who were in the audience. And I don't, did he introduce me to some of the sh- people on the show? Maybe one or two of the people on the show. And, and this is so crazy because at the time, I didn't re- even remember that I knew the Chantel. That's how. It's crazy to, but it's crazy to understand. But that's what happened. So I didn't even remember that. But I spoke to them. Then he introduced me to a friend, who how can I say, he he was sort of like, um, he was a fan and a and a collector uh, of um of a mem of oldies memorabilia, and he was friends with everybody. His name was Paul Arante. So. Paul Arante 
knew everybody in the business. So John Clemente introduced me to Paula Ranti, and Paula Ranti, we clicked the moment the moment we met. So he said, he said, you've been away from the business so long, you got to get back in the business. So I told him, yeah, I've been thinking about it. You know, I, I think that's what I may may want to do. He said, I'm going to introduce you to all all your old friends and all and and lots of new people. But don't you know he and another man. He's not an entertainer. He's just a collector and uh, okay. and a fan, you know. But you know, we have fans who like we know them personally, you know. Right, sure. So they dragged me. I'm serious. They dragged me through the um, tri-state area. Like we would go to um, to shows in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and I, I think yeah, I think those those are the three places. That he and he that we went to, okay, the three states that we went to. But true to his word, he introduced me to all of my old friends that I knew when back in in the uh, in the sixties, early sixties, when I came into show business, and that's how I got back into the show business. So now, so, okay, so wait, so now let me ask you something. You know, a lot of people, of course, didn't know this about your life. I certainly mm-hmm. didn't, mm-hmm. because you know, here I am listening to your own music and seeing you perform today. So I, of course, thought you've been, do- you just kept it up. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. So thank you, first of all, for sharing that because you became a little vulnerable there for us and we appreciate it. We love hearing your story.
Diddy, baby. Tell us about this song. The whole world loves this song. Oh, do I, Diddy? That's our fun song. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, we, record, we recorded, although it became famous by Manfred Mann, this time it wasn't a cover. We recorded the original Do I, Diddy. Um, so Do I, Diddy was such a great song. All, everybody, the producers, all the people in, the, in show business thought, sure, it was going to be a big hit. So when we released Do I, Diddy, it shot right up. On the on the charts, they in uh, Billboard, and they also used to have a, a another popular magazine called Cashbox. So it was very very popular, and then all of a sudden it started waning. But but I we didn't know at the time. But years later, we we you know we found out it was about a lot about the the politics that were going on in the in the country, you know, and and abroad, and and different a lot of different things that impacted why why it wasn't successful. So so it started waning. But then out of a clear blue sky, it started becoming popular again. Our version started becoming popular again. Lo and behold, just when we say, oh, well, don't count it out yet. Here it comes back again. Then a year later, it was a, a, a bit after we had recorded it, Manfred Mann recorded it. And just when we thought, was going to be a big, big hit. Here comes the British invasion. That was, we were dead in the water. After uh -huh. that, you know? <laughs> but this is so crazy. Um, I love Manfred Mann's version. Of course, like I said, <laughs> and I just like with a, a little bit of soap, I love our version because it's us, but I also like Manfred Mann's right. version a lot. However, it's surprising that when this generation now, they, they think of, a lot of people think of, um, do I Diddy as the excited song, sometimes more so than the Manfred Mann song. Well, so do I. It's, com it's, it's complicated. Back in the day, Man they thought of, of it as Manfred Mann's hit. But as time went by, they started thinking of it as the excited hit. So I guess they and the Manfred Mann and the excited sort of, sort of share fame with the same song, you know? Right. Well, everyone loves the song, girlfriend. Are you kidding me? Oh, I love that song. It's oh my so gosh. cute. <laughs> so now, your Supergirl group. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've interviewed Margaret Williams. I love her. Um, um, so you have so in the group it's Margaret Williams, Louise Murray, mm -hmm. Beverly Warren, mm -hmm. Nanette LeCarrie, yes, and yourself. Yes. Okay. So, um, I'm going to be interviewing all of you. I mean, I can't wait. We're going to set all this up because oh, so this is going to be amazing. This is going to be amazing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your Supergirl group before we play our next song? Well, the Supergirl group, like I said, like you said, is made up of five ladies. The ladies whose names that you mentioned all come from famous groups from the, the 50s and 60s. Um, Louise, we think of her as a as a uh, as a matriarch of the group because her she she started way back in in early fifties. Um, she we con we're we're considered pioneers of uh, rock and roll and rhythm and blues, but she's an even bigger pioneer because she started in fifties and we started in sixties. She had two she she has two groups. Her fifties group was a group called The Hearts, and they recorded a song by the name of uh, Lonely Night. Right. But in sixties, her it was it's, some of the groups they changed. Uh, they changed some of the group members 
but um, it was pretty much the same group. And then they recorded in '60s a really cool song called uh, "Sally Go Round the Roses." Yes, that was one of my most favorite songs from Girls. <laughs> so it was a pleasure when I met Louise. Now this is the thing. Oh, uh, and uh, Margaret comes from a, a group that started in the '50s um, called the Cookies. Yep. Um, and, and and then they became very famous. I mean, they were always famous in the '50s, and they just—that's another group that evolved. You know, different members. It's, yep. it's like a family. Margaret always explains to us it is like a family. So you know, when one left the group, or or um, or um, went you know went pursued some other career or or passed away, then they would get another one. But she was famous. And she was famous in the '60s, and she she made change and. Uh, uh, don't say nothing bad about my baby, but I was I was a big fan of the Cookies ever since way back in fifties when it was her her aunts and cousins, <laughs> you know. Right. Um. They, oh, that was an awesome group. I got to hug her. I got to meet oh, her and yeah, hug her. Yeah. Yes. She's adorable. <laughs> Margaret and I, of all of all the ladies in the group, Margaret and I were friends from way back in the sixties because we used to do a lot of shows <laughs> together. The cookies and the the cookies and the excited used to work together a lot, so I knew her. I di- I, I didn't know the other ladies until later on down the line. Paula Oranti and other different people introduced me. Oh, oh John Clemente also. They they're who introduced me to to Louise and Beverly Warren. She sang she sang as a soloist, but before that she also used to sing with a very popular um, singer and songwriter. By the name of Ellie Greenwich. Oh yes. Ellie, Ellie, and Jeff Barry. Ellie Greenwich and Jeff Barry. They wrote a lot of songs for the Excited. Um, so she, she, Beverly sang with her, and then who did? Oh, oh, Nanette sang with a group called Reparata and the Delrons. Oh, the Delrons. Yes. Yeah, the Delrons. Right. <laughs> exactly. So Nanette sang with them. Um, but how we got together is is cute. It's like. You know, we all we all used to go to the to the shows and that, and we met each other at the at the shows because a lot of singers go to visit other singers in the shows. You know, just like the kids do nowadays. Um, so after when we got together, uh, we would after the show we would be friends. We were friends, and we would go out to eat or something, or we would we'd be standing in the parking lot or or somewhere singing. They would say before we go home, they say let's all sing a song. So we would all sing each other's song. Just for fun, like a jam session, you know. So we we were on a show once. I think the lady I can't remember Cheryl Farber. I think that's her name. I'm not sure. She was from California, I think. She gave a she she gave a show. I, I don't remember the exact details, but she gave a show, um, and she was honoring she was honoring the 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 female girl groups from from 50s and 60s okay. and she so she invited us so i, I wasn't I actually i wasn't even gonna gonna really get up and sing because i wasn't i i hadn't i had been singing by myself but then i again i had taken my break like i'm always taking and i wasn't singing at the time so i it was my friends i just came there to see to see them but they said they got up but they each one sang their song, and then they all wanted to sing a song together. So they were singing a song together. So they said, Lillian, 
get up on the stage right now. <laughs> you oh. know, come on. They said, oh, this is one of this is one of the original exciters, and I started singing with them. So after that, we started all of us as just as friends, just fooling around when we would go to visit each other's um, homes, and we would we would go to different places. <laughs> we would all end up singing, you know. So one day, somebody said somebody said to us. You know what? You guys sound so sound so good together. Why don't you make up a group? So we said, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea." So this promoter was giving a show one day, and he wanted a girl group. Okay. You know? So 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 somebody suggested us. So we weren't really a group yet, but they suggested us. So that so they they suggested uh, Louise, myself, and Margaret. So we said okay, and we did the show. So after that, they start booking us all over the place. You know. Of just the three of us. So Louise one day said, uh, uh, "You know, Beverly, would you would you guys mind if we if we put Beverly in the group?" And we're like, "No, heck no!" Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so we put Beverly in the group. Now, in the meantime, Nanette lives close by me. I I saw I had met her at Metro Tech at a concert for the very first time. But then months later, I was in a, a movie theater close by her home and my home, she, we live close, we live close by a central area, but she lives in one direction and I live in another direction. Okay. Anyway, I saw her and she had on this jacket with the group that she sings now with for herself. And I, and I said, wow, that looks like the lady that I met from Reparata in the run. And I started not to say anything to her. See how fate works. I started not to say anything and say, oh, I, I was thinking to myself, no, I should just mind my own business. And not, and oh, not wow. <laughs> but it was bothering me. <laughs> it was bothering me so much. I said, I said, oh, what the heck? I'm, let me just ask her. So I just tapped her on the shoulder and I, I said, excuse me, miss. Um, is your name Nanette, <laughs> Nanette Lakari? So she said, yeah. So she looked at me and, and she said, you look familiar. And I said, yeah. I said, I remember you. Were you at Metro Tech and we met at that? She said, yeah. And we were friends ever since then, you know, so. Amazing. Yeah. So, so since, since, since we were friends, after we put Beverly in, I said, well, since we're always, we're always singing, we're always singing with all of us and, and, and Nanette always sings with us too. I said, well, you guys mind if we put Nanette in too? So they said, no, no. So that's how the, it became five of us. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So, <laughs> so that's how come sometimes you see us, sometimes you see us with, with three, and sometimes you see us with four, and sometimes you see us with five. Right. But it's all the same group, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Amazing, girlfriend. So, all right. So let's give them our final track, and then we'll talk about this as well. He's got the power.
Got the Power, Girlfriend. Tell us about this cool song. Oh, He's Got the Power. I love that song as well, too. Um, he's Got the Power was written by the lady that I just mentioned, Ellie Greenwich, uh-huh. um, and, and Jeff, Jeff Barry. Uh, what can I say about that song? Well, Ellie and Jeff, well, especially Ellie, Ellie was dying to write a song for the excited because, uh, as you'll see on a couple of, the, a couple of uh, tapes, people will see if they buy some of the old uh, videos of girl groups. Uh, that the excited are on you'll see and ellie uh, ellie is on you'll see that she she says that uh brenda is one of her favorite female singers of all time oh wow <laughs> she was crazy about about brenda and she wanted to write so she wanted to write a song for us you know so she wrote he's got the power and uh what else can i say about it we just love that song he's got the power is a fun song to sing it's, it's hard to sing because it's so aggressive, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's fun to sing. So you, fir- you guys style. first, but you guys first recorded it. He's got the power? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know anybody else recorded it. No, no, no. That's what I'm asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was an original. Okay, good. Very cool. It was Very written cool. for us by Ellie Gaines. Got it, got yeah, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a cool song. Um, yeah. and, and he doesn't have the power that... Listen, we have the power, baby girl. <laughs> we have the power. I love girl it. Power, girl that, power. That's girl right. Power. I had a show. I had a radio show called Girl Power. Oh, really? That's so oh, funny. Okay. okay, yes. Um, I'm really big on girl power. Oh, my gosh, yes. So, all right. So, we, we've got about 10 more minutes left. So, okay. the floor is yours. Is there anything maybe you forgot to say that you'd like everyone to know? Tell them again, maybe when you think your book might be coming out. Anything you'd like to share? Oh, um, anything up and coming if you want to talk about that? And if you have a website, anything, girl. Well, I have to, I have to be honest with you. I've been, I've been battling with a serious illness. Oh. So, I've pretty for the, I, for the past three years. So I pretty much put everything on hold because okay. um, I was wor- I was working on my book and I wanted to get a um, do much more work on my own as a soloist. I wanted to work work a lot more work with um with the with the Supergirls, but I haven't been really doing many shows l- lately because of my illness, you know. Okay. But um, but the treatments for my illness are getting, you know, they're getting more and more um, effective. Okay. And I seem like I'm, hopefully, I'm still, I'm, I seem like I'm recovering. Okay, beautiful. So, so I hope to be doing, I hope, I hope to be doing much more. Okay. As long as I'm alive on the earth, I'll That's be right. doing much more in the future. About my book, I have to be honest with you. My friends have to come, always come and light a fire under me because I'm one of these stop and start type of people. <laughs> so I start writing um, and gathering information and, and uh, going back on all my old journals to, to see what information I want to put. And it's not it's not even really written. How can I say it? It's written because if you read some of my journal notes, some of them are good enough to put in the book, you know, without any, um, I mean, without for the first draft at least. And then other others are just rambling, but it has good information in it. So it really needs to be. That's on. That's the stage I'm up to. It's not even written yet. It's just more organized now. I've taken the. I've taken the. Uh, the pages and I've organized them, and I got pretty much idea of the type of format that I want. Okay. You know? 
I want to, I want to make it, I want to make it as a journey. Cause that's what I'm calling it. My journey, you know, my journey from, 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 Oh, I, that's what it is. And now I'm thinking, I'm remembering sweet, sweet escape. My journey from, from depression and anxiety and anxiety to authentic joy. That's the name of it. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I, I tell you, I, I used to be so sad all the time. Um, Jerry, that even my parents used to call me sad sack. And I'm talking about when I was at the height of my career. I'm traveling all over the world, people are making over me, you know, I'm beautiful clothes, beautiful this and that, you know. It, it was a life, an amazing life. But I was never satisfied with anything. I'm always sad and always droopy. And, you know, the, my, even my parents, they once made mocking me. I don't mean it like that. But they, they, right. they used to say, sad, sad, why are you always sad? They, they, they've got ladies all over the world who wish they were in your shoes, you know. And I didn't understand any of it. Also, there's the fact that the, even the field of, just like music, the field of psychology has advanced a great deal since the, since the 60s, and we know much more about depression and anxiety, the treatment, the cure, and all of it, you know, so, and how, how to identify the symptoms. Back then, nobody could even identify the symptoms. What's wrong with you? I used to say, oh, I'm tired. When anybody would ask me, well, why would you, why would you put such a famous singing group like that? And I said, oh, I just got tired. Hmm. And I, you know, I, and I couldn't even identify my own feelings. As, as an example is, um, like you know, now they have this big, big, big uh, word called burnout. Well, that I was burnout. Okay. When I was in this, I was burnout. Had I, I, I believe this is my belief <clears throat> that had I taken a, a break back in seventies, instead of just quitting the group altogether, had I just taken a break got myself together and come back, I think I, I put, could have done, you know, the years that I spent away from music, I think I could have made it. But I was burnt out at the time. I was never, I had never been absent and never been late. I make every rehearsal. That's how much passion I have for the music, you know what I mean? Right. I, used to, I, I, I put my heart and soul into the music. Nothing came before the music, you know. But after a while... Even no matter how passionate you are, you have to take a break. You have to go back. You have to take care of yourself. You have to relax. You have to have quiet time, you know. But but I, that's not what I did. Even my quiet time was not quiet. I spent my quiet time worrying and stressing myself out, you know. Wow. So these are the, some of the things I'm going to talk about in my book. Right. I'm from a, from a, I'm, I want to talk about it because, of, because I, I have dual careers. I want to talk about it from a musical entertainer's point of view, and I want to talk about my journey from a from a, a professional mental health professional's point of view, you know, and try to try to marry the two the two right. together to help people, you know, not only just just for entertainers, it's for everybody, for people who are suffering to help help them learn how to identify their feelings, to know when there's something wrong, you know, because sometimes, you you know, people don't understand that sometimes people have a lot on them and they don't even realize it, right. you know. 
you're sinking down, 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 and you don't even realize it. Like, and that's an, oh, that's another project. I have a couple little projects. I have a project um, where I, 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 I look at your life. I look, well, I, I work, I'm using on myself right now. Where I look at your life, so I help people look at their lives through using songs. What are the songs that um, were, were significant to you mm. in your life? And this is an example I, I use is like, there was a song, it wasn't as popular as some of the other songs, but the, the artist Luther Vandross, yep. he wrote a song called Too Far Down. And then he says in his song, what about love? Isn't that worth living for? You know? So in terms of what my problem was, that's what happened. I let myself go too far down. And while I see too far down as a metaphor for saying you see yourself sinking lower and lower into depression and sadness and you're worrying yourself with anxiety, uh, you know, all kinds of anxiety, fears and all of it. And at the point where you should be seeking help, you're not. You're still sinking, sinking, so, you know, like life and all your right. problems. They're, they're, they're pulling you down. And if you go too far down, it's hard to get back up. You know, like even even with strong people who are mentally, feel like they're mentally and emotionally emotionally strong, they are like, they're like, oh, uh, oh, I'll be okay. Oh, oh, nothing's wrong with me. Oh, I'm okay. Because I've been through this many times. So I, I, I'm not talking out of my butt. <laughs> Excuse me. But, um, but you know, they're, oh, I'm okay, I, 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 I'll be okay. You know, that's what they tell themselves. But meanwhile, they're sinking down, down, down. And you don't feel yourself sinking until you're at, until you're at the bottom or, or close to the bottom. You know. And, when you get there, and you can't get back up. It's, it's not as easy to get back up as it is when you, you're up at, much a high, at a higher level and you try to get out of that hole that you're sinking into, you know. Well, I want to share something with you. Okay. First of all, I want everyone out there to know that you and I never talked about any of this. So I didn't no, even didn't, know, didn't. know that this was going to, this is amazing. I mean, and inspirational. You don't know this about me either. I'm going to share something now. So I thought this was just going to be about the music, but here we go, guys. So mm-hmm. this show is really going to help people. Normally I play my theme song called Not an Addict. I'm just an ass. Okay. Oh. I wrote a book um, in 2016 uh-huh. called I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumb ass. Because 30 years ago, girlfriend, I was a donkey. I was a jackass. God save me. Oh, it's been wow. 30 years I'm now a smart ass. And the word ass is in the Bible because it means donkey. Exactly, of course it And is. the cover of my book is me on the donkey. My face is the donkey. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I didn't expect to do any of this with this show. So I'm going to read two of my poems for you that are in my book. Cause I revised it in 2020. Now it's like over, close to 200 pages, uh, over 200 pages. It was very small when I first did it. Um, and then I'm going to play my theme song at the end. I want to read, these are two small poems. One is called balance. Because of everything you're saying. And the other is utilizing gift and talents. And I'm going to put them together. You ready? Okay. All right. Life is made of choices. We all must pick and choose. We need to be real careful when breaking all the rules. 
I'm not saying be boring or never to have fun, but try to keep a balance with things that you have done. Sometimes too much of anything may hurt you in the end. Too much food or sex or cash could cost you a good friend. So maintain a balance in all you do. Your sanity is up to you. For you to be healthy, it's not just your food. Your thoughts should be stable to control your mood. Your home should be clean so you don't get sick from harmful bacteria that sucks like a tick. Even the people with time you do spend, choose your friends wisely or you will lose in the end. My choices I make from when I was young have surely changed now. My thoughts have now swung. If you're looking to find what the key to life should be, it's all up to you, friend, because you own the key. Now, utilizing gifts and talents. We are, we are born with talents. We are born with drive, with different gifts to help us thrive. I knew early on I was born to draw and paint, to also write poetry, and to talk without restraint. Our gifts and talents should all be used. God's gift to us not be abused. We can go far in life for sure using our gifts to go on tour, like you, girlfriend. All our talents should be used to create ourselves and more than our jobs to share them, to even up the score. You see in life what's needed. It's not just for ourselves. Once our gifts are mastered, take them off the shelves. A living we can make by spreading them around, not just for the money, to spread a peaceful sound. Don't take for granted the gifts you're given. Go out and spread the joy. Our gifts are not to be held back for us to self-destroy. Put your efforts forth. Do not hesitate. All your talents, my friend, are never second rate. Never hold them back or you will surely die. Maybe not in body, but your soul will cry. Our gifts were made to share. Our talents made to soar. Go through life enlightened and then you can roar. Be proud of who you are. Be happy you're alive. Once again, my friend, your gifts will help you thrive. By putting efforts forth, not keeping them at bay, your name will live forever, forever and a day. Go through life excited for what you sure can give to yourself and others is our reason to live. Our grave will be quite lonely, but our legacy lives on. Make sure people smile with the breaking dawn. That's for you, girlfriend. Oh, that's beautiful. Jerry, we're going to have to talk later. Yes. I also, like I told you, I, I, I got my master's in, in counseling, but I also, I was in a PhD program for something called expressive arts therapy. And while we believe in a little bit of talk therapy, we use all the arts yes. for, for counseling. That poem is so perfect. It's, it's like it's the epitome of perfection. I will send it to you. What I believe in and what I think. I was almost in tears when you were reading I will I'm send curious. them to you. Yes. Oh, will you please? I promise. And we have to talk because maybe, maybe you could help me work on my book. Yes. Uh, at least give me some conversation, yes. you know? So, oh, all right. So wonderful. You know, God and really. You know, <laughs> doesn't hurt to be vulnerable. I That's right. Let all the audience know that. It doesn't. Vulnerability seems like it's a, it's a, um, well, I can't even think of the word right now. But vulnerability, the more vulnerable, vulnerable you become, the, 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 uh, the healthier it is. I mean, you don't want to be like diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> right. Me. But but to be vulnerable is it's a good thing, not a bad thing. Well, so I'm proud of you and I'm proud of me. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. You know, God had His hand in this interview today because again, we I never spoke that. of any of this. Um, mm-hmm. 
All right. So first of all, I want to thank everyone out there for listening. And I want to thank you for honoring me today, Lillian, with this incredible, incredible, incredible interview. I can't even tell you, I'm on cloud nine right now. And you have really, really honored me and made my day. You made my year. So I want to thank you so much for this first and foremost. And um, I want to thank you because, I mean, I think we're a mutual admiration society because I admire you for all that you uh, shared with me and that you told and to invite me on your show. And, and I just feel like so honored too. So I want you to know whatever you're feeling, I'm probably oh, I love the you. same thing, if not more. <laughs> well, this isn't over, girlfriend. So um, what we're going to do is plan our other interviews like I said, okay. with the super girl group. Oh, and Kojak, a shout out to our buddy Kojak. Cause he's going to, oh, yeah. Hi, Kojak. Yep. He's, he got us our music for the show. Thank you, Kojak. And he'll be doing a show with the, with us too. He'll be a guest co-host. So mm-hmm. this is going to be very exciting. So oh, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, having said that. So now everyone, now I can talk about my book. Anyone out there who knows me knows I am the author of. I'm not an addict. I'm just an ass. I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumbass. Guys, again, because 30 years ago, I was a dumbass, but through the grace of God, today, 30 years later, I am now a smart ass. You can get my book through Simon & Schuster. Archway Publishing is their bookstore. Um, I, ho- I have a Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. Changes fast.